सहनावतु सहनो भुनक्त सहवीर्यंकवाहै तेजस्वीनावधीतमस्तु मद्विषावै ओ शातिशाशाति Thus having told 
or given the basic outlines of what preparations are required for the performance of meditation, then Lord Krishna says in the 14th verse, Prasandatma, may you, the meditator, become Prasandatma, one whose mind is quiet or tranquil, Vigatavihi, may become free from any fear, have no fear at all. Don't think the meditation is do, do some, going to do something to you, or you're going to harm you or hurt you. You're not going to die, nothing's going to happen to you, and therefore, in case there is fear, let the mind become free from fear. Let the mind, first of all, become free from any likes and dislikes, which, if there are any residual likes and dislikes left, they may disturb the mind. So, Lord Krishna says, Prashantatma, first of all, quieten the mind. Take a little time. When you sit down for meditation, take a little twi- time to quieten the mind. Observe the thoughts of the mind. And if you find that there are thoughts that are disturbing the mind, that somehow, for whatever reason, the mind is still not free from the influence of the the, the, the Vyavahara, influence of the interaction that it was having so far with the world, if those effects are left over. So, we do the Vyavahara, we work and we live in this world, we interact with the world, and so it is possible that some little likes, dislikes, some anger, something may have generated, and maybe the effect of that is left over in the mind. So before you plunge into actual meditation, first of all, take a little time, observe the mind, and see if the mind is disturbed. Then remove those disturbances <coughs> by what we call pratipaksha bhavana, by deliberately taking the opposite stand. Vigatapihi, <coughs> in case the mind has some fear, for whatever reason, different people cannot fear for different reasons. The cause of fear that is given here in the Tika is that this person is now meditating, which means that he is not doing something. Had he not been meditating, he may have been performing some duty which he is not doing. So what will happen to me when I am not doing what I should have been doing at this time? That kind of fear or guilt complex may arise, don't worry about it. Because what you are doing is in fact, is the highest duty. This is the duty towards your own self. And therefore, do not have a guilt complex that I am not performing my duty. And therefore, vigatabhihi brahmachari vratesthitaha. Also, Lord Krishna says the one who performs this meditation is the one who is abiding in the vow of brahmacharya where Brahmachari is here defined as one who is living with the teacher, serving the teacher, studying from the teacher, and thus living a life of service and austerity and penance and study. Brahmachari Vratastitaha. So this is about the, the meditator, that the mind should be made quiet, should be made free from fear and then 
Manasanyamya, bringing the mind completely under control, meaning that now make your mind free from every other thought. Tell the mind that now give up all the thoughts. There is no need to think of anything else. Nothing is worthwhile, in fact. What, in fact, you are going to think about is the most worthwhile thing. Never mind, just stop thinking about other things. Mind may have some concerns, some anxieties, whatever the mind has. Or it may be habitually thinking about some pleasurable objects. If it does, then we address the mind and say, come drop this thinking because it's just habitual. Very often the mind just habitually thinks about things. And thus we address the mind and make the mind free from its, free from its thinking of everything else. <clears throat> Meaning that making the mind free from the thoughts of everything else, recognizing that thoughts of anything else are really not productive at all. The only thing that is really productive is the thought about the self or about Lord. Therefore, machitaha. So that, thus, withdraw the mind from every other thought by reasoning with the mind also. We can reason with the mind as to what is the effectiveness or what do you get out of thinking of different things? Nothing. And thus, withdrawing the mind from each other preoccupations, Machittaha, Lord Krishna says, Muna, focus your mind upon me. <clears throat> and we say yesterday, me can mean either Lord with various attributes. It can be Ishtadevata, the Devata of my choice the form of my choice. I can meditate upon the form, I can meditate upon the name, I can meditate upon the various glories of the Lord. And so lots of material is available for one to meditate upon. You can take a verse, for example, and make that as a base of a meditation. Suppose you want to meditate on Dakshinamurti, just as an example. Then this verse, Mauna Vyakya, who is Lord Dakshinamurti? Yuvanam, one who is useful. Who reveals the nature of Brahman through silent discourse, silent exposition. So Dakshinamurti himself is silent. And through silence he communicates. Even this thought itself makes the mind silent, understand? So thinking about Dakshinamurti who is of the nature of silence, silence, and who communicates through silence, communicates the Param Brahma, which is the very self of Dakshinamurti, as well as the very self of the disciple, that is communicated through silence. Varshishthante Vasudrashigane Ravrutam Brahmanishthehi Lord Dakshinamurti, who is surrounded by the disciples or seekers of knowledge of Brahman, Acharyendram, who is the most exalted teacher, Karakalida Chinmudram, on his right lower right hand is the Chinmudra, the gesture of this knowledge, showing the identity of Jiva and Brahman. Anandrupam, who is of Ananda, who is of any ananda or happiness or wholeness or fullness which is nature. Swatma Ramam, one 
who revels in his own self. <coughs> because the self is everything, one who revels in his own self. And that is evident on his face also, Dakshinamudhi's face, Mudhatavadanam, there is a gentle smile. Dakshinamurti mere, I worship, Lord Dakshinamurti suggests that. Vatavitapi samipe, bhumi bhage nishanam, Lord Dakshinamurti, who seated under the banyan tree. Sakalamuni jananam, jnana data ramarat, who is imparting the knowledge to all the sages who are, who surround him. <coughs> so you can meditate upon Dakshinamurti like that. This itself can be, this is meditation. So, if you like to visualize the form and visualize this whole thing, well, do that and focus the mind upon that. That is meditation. Or, meditation can be followed with a prayer. So, you can first visualize the form, Lord Dakshinamurti, like that. And then say, Om Namo Bhagavate Dakshinamurti Mahyam Shriyam Medham, Pragnam, Pracha, Swaha. O Lord Dakshinamurti, my salutations to you. Please grant me Shriyam, the wealth. Which wealth is it? The inner wealth of all divine qualities. Medham, please grant me Medha, the intelligence and the capacity to grasp and capacity to retain. Pragnam, give me the Pragna, the wisdom. Swaha, I offer myself to you. The prayerful meditation. So meditation also can be of the nature of prayer. As we said yesterday, Trambakam Yajamahe Sugandhim Pashtivardhanam We worship Lord Shiva, the three-eyed, who is fragrant in nature and who nourishes the devotees. Uruvarukam Yabandhanat Mrityoho Mukshya Like an Uruvaruka fruit, like a cucumber fruit, which effortlessly separates from his creature, Lord also, may I also get separated from the creeper of the ignorance, effortlessly. Please release me from the bondage of death. Release me from ignorance. Release me from the hunger, the ego, and likes and dislikes. Just as that Uruvaruga fruit ripens and becomes fragrant and becomes sweet, so also may my mind ripen with all the divine qualities so that it displays the fragrance of these divine qualities. It becomes sweet. And with that, in that mind, please remove the ignorance, grant the knowledge so that I become separated from the creeper of ignorance effortlessly. Ma please do not separate me from immortality. So remove all ignorance, all death, all poison from my personality, make it sweet. So that it manifests the true nature of myself. And may I not be separated from immortality, meaning the sweetness, the goodness, the love, the wisdom which is my nature, may avoid in that. Thus one can perform prayer. Therefore, this also can be meditation. One can perform japa, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namo Narayana, my salutations to Lord Shiva. And thus, with the devotional attitude of surrendering or salutation, 
वन कैन रिपीट दैट मंत्रा इन द माइंड ओम नमः शिवाया ओम नमः शिवाया ओम नमः शिवाया और विश्व मंत्रा यू लाइक एंड मेंटेन अ स्ट्रीम ऑफ द थॉट्स अ फ्लो ऑफ थॉट्स सो व्हेन द फॉलोइंग थॉट इज ऑफ द सेम काइंड ऑफ द प्रीवियस थॉट एंड येट द फॉलोइंग थॉट इज द सेम काइंड ऑफ द प्रीवियस थॉट देन वी से दैट द थॉट्स हैव द सेम सब्जेक्ट मैटर thoughts are of the same kind and they are all centered upon ishwara centered upon lord so maintaining the stream of thoughts is called meditation mat chitta hai may you focus your mind in me so focusing the mind upon lord can be done in different ways depending upon our own upbringing our own culture so many aids are available so many forms are available so many names are available so many mantras are available so many prayers are available whatever appeals to your heart so this should be done from heart heart means with my involvement with my feelings with my devotion but that is the glue what enables the mind to be stuck to lord or the object of meditation that glue is really devotion and ever meditation particularly upon saguna brahma or lord with attributes should be done with devotion so devotion or bhakti is the glue that enables me to to bond with the lord the object of my meditation that's the reason why bhakti or the devotion is given so much importance if you have that and don't have anything else so the bhaktas say traditionally oh lord i do not know yoga and i do not know japa i do not know tapa i do not know anything what he has is a wealth of devotion he just loves the lord he is devoted and that is this that's enough that serves the purpose of all yogas meaning that you do your asana pranayama pratyahara and do all these things to bring your mind bhakti love does that you know day to day life also we know that when you love somebody or something mind automatically goes and gets stuck to that gets you know focused on that and so bhakta say that forget about anything else all you need is devotion which is not easy to have but if you have that or we should cultivate that so with devotion may you meditate upon your ishta devata upon the devata or the form of the lord of your choice mat chitta hai mat par hai and as a result of this prayer result of this meditation ask for nothing else mat par hai resolve in your mind that what i am seeking is oneness with the lord so understand that even in meditation upon saguna brahma also the desire is identification with the lord matparah therefore become one who is matparah become one who is devoted to me devoted to lord who is committed to lord who doesn't want anything else in the life the 11th chapter lord krishna says describing his devotee matkarmakrut matparamah matbhaktah sangavarjitah nirvairah sarvbhuteshu yas samamedi pandava हे पांडव हे अर्जुन मत कर्म क्रोध 
the one who, who performs all his actions for my sake, Mat Paramaha, who is totally surrendered to me, he has total confidence in me, and for whom I am the only goal to be reached. Mat Bhaktaha, who is devoted to me, meaning that he looks upon me as not only the goal, but as the very means also. He totally depends upon my grace in order for me to, to for, for him to reach me. Sangha Varjitaha, one is going of attachment from everything else. Nirvairaha Sarabhuteshu, one who is not enemical to anybody. Yes, Samamedi Pandava, here Arjuna, the devotee of mine who is like this, certainly reaches me. <coughs> so, Machitaha and Matparaha, these are the most important. Other things are okay in the sense that what ultimately is this Machitaha, that I become one whose mind is centered upon the Lord. Whatever be my concept of Lord, this meditation can be performed by anybody in any color, whatever. Whatever be your concept of Ishvara, that's fine. As long as you have the devotion for that Ishvara, or that concept, it's not a question of my God and your God. The God is only one. And prayer can be performed in any way, in any language. And therefore, as far as that is concerned, every tradition is fine. As far as prayer is concerned, meditation is concerned, worship is concerned, you can do it whichever way. The criterion is Machitaha, that my mind is centered upon Lord. Matparaha, that I am only seeking Him as the goal and nothing else. And this need not only be confined to the seat of meditation. This can become the ongoing thing as a matter of fact. Matparaha. Our life, all the time we should be vigilant and we should be asking the mind, what do you want? And remind the mind, that look, what you should want or what you really want is nothing but Ishwara. Understand that. What you are searching for is Satchidananda. That you want happiness, that's what you want. You want happiness which is unending, never ending, not limited in time, therefore you want Sadananda. You want happiness about which you are conscious, and therefore you want Chidananda. So what you are seeking, O mind, is Satchidananda. If at all mind desires anything, remind the mind. That what do you expect to fulfill, you know, what do you expect to achieve by fulfilling a desire? Remember what you are desiring, Satchidananda. And decide whether fulfilling a given desire is going to give you that. <coughs> And thus we can bring the mind back again and again, matparaha, so that that remains our goal. Even in our day-to-day activities also, whatever we do, the goal is only one, that is to reach Ishwara. And also, even during the day, try to bring the mind again, matchittaha, let the mind also concentrate, focus upon Ishwara. As Karmafaladata is the one who is a giver of the results. As Karmadyaksha, one who presides over all actions, who is the very witness of all the actions. In this way also, always remember Ishwara. 
bring Ishvara into the life as much as possible. Remember him through his grace, as to how every moment I'm enjoying his grace. And thus, try to always keep the mind's focus upon Ishvara. And the priority in the, of life also is, Ishvara is, is, the only agenda is reaching Ishvara. And the method is making the mind also centered upon Ishvara. Yukta Siddha. In this case, meditation is done in a very concentrated way. But during the day also it is done in a diluted way. So meditation is spending the quality time with Ishvara. Other time is spending quantity time with Ishvara. <coughs> but we must be spending time with Ishvara. Him as the goal, him as the means. Machitha, <coughs> matpara. These are the most important words here. Machitha, matparaha. Machitha means one whose mind is centered upon me. Matparaha, for whom I am the very goal. <coughs> and meditation also is important because during the when we are, we are active, doing things, then the mind is naturally, you know, is scattered in many things because mind is to think of many things. And therefore, this keeping the mind in Ishvara or having him as goal will be sort of a diluted thing. Therefore, in meditation, one does in a concentrated way what is done in a diluted way during the day. But understand that our life cannot be totally in contradiction to what we are meditating upon. Our life also should be compatible to because in this meditation Lord Krishna says that you meditate upon your goal. That's all. Whatever you consider as the goal of your life, think about that. And remember that I should be your goal because that's what you're searching for. Therefore, matparaha, satchidananda tatparaha, that my mind, I want satchidananda. And my mind also is filled with thoughts of satchidananda. <coughs> so if this is a meditation upon Saguna Brahma, then it can be a prayerful meditation. This meditation upon Nirguna Brahman, meaning Brahman, without attributes, as I said yesterday, that should necessarily be myself. Then I meditate upon myself. I am Satchidananda. And I am seeking Satchidananda being myself. That what I am seeking is nothing but my own self. I am seeking limitlessness, wholeness, completeness, total freedom. That's what I am seeking and that is myself. And therefore, let the self of Satchidananda be the goal and let the mind also be focused upon self with Satchidananda, Machittaha, Matparaha. So may you do this all the time, for a length of time, long time, constantly, with devotion. <coughs> the next verse tells us what is the, uh, the result of this yoga. What's the result of meditating? or concentrating mind in this way, <coughs> verse 15 says, Yunjan nevam sadatmanam Yogi niyatamanasaha 
शांतिम निर्वाण परमाधिगछति युंजन एवं सदा आत्मानं सदा आत्मानं एवं युंजन आत्मानं इज द माइंड द सदा ऑल द टाइम व्हेन द डिवोटी और द सीकर और द एस्पिरेंट और द मोक्षो इज सदा ऑल द टाइम युंजन मेडिटेटिंग और कंसेंटिंग इज माइंड इन दिस मैनर इन द मैनर दैट वाज डिस्क्राइब in the previous verses and particularly the most important thing described as we said is mat chitta mat paraha this when the aspirant tries to focus his mind upon me upon the self all the time and considering the very self as the goal then what happens the mind becomes a self because whatever meditated upon that's what you become in this case of course self is the nature of the mind also like an ornament meditating upon gold this is what it is an ornament can meditate upon a big beautiful ornament that is ishtadevata or a wave can meditate upon ocean which is which is ishvara or a wave can meditate upon water which is itself even meditating upon ocean also in the same way meditating upon water but still water having vastness and water having the glory water having attributes is ocean but ultimately meditating upon ocean will bring him to meditation upon water also so wave may first get identified with ocean and then get identified with water if that suits or the way you can meditate upon eyes water how do you do that that is by giving up the identification with name and form for the way to meditate upon water as a self what is necessary for it is to give up the identification with meaning that not think of itself as having a form or a name but think of itself as having just a content which is water so what is meant by meditating upon myself what do i think of myself i have a name and form also which is character of the body of the mind and then that is called the ego that i don't meditate upon the name and form what's the content of ego which is nothing but consciousness nothing but self or existence that i am is a content that i shine is a content that i am and i shine that sat and chit have no form have no boundaries and therefore fullness or ananda i am thus focusing one's mind upon the very core of one's true nature what is the unchanging aspect of myself the name and form keeps on changing but that i am does not change and therefore me identify with this fact that i am less than true nature <coughs> so mind meditating upon self is similar to a wave meditating upon water or an ornament meditating upon gold so also ahankara 
meditating upon self. Ahankara is comparable to an ornament. The self is comparable to God. Ahankara is called Jivatma. The self is called Paramatma. Ornament is called Jivatma. Gold is called Paramatma. What's the relation between them? Wave is called Jivatma. Water is called Paramatma. What's the relation between them? There's no relationship. They're one. There's no relationship between ornament and gold because they're one. You can say gold transcends the ornament. Okay. Transcend doesn't mean that gold is standing 15 feet away from ornament. Understand? Gold is already contained in ornament because ornament cannot be without gold. Whereas gold can be without ornament. That's what is meant by transcending. And therefore, the ego that I am, I'm meditating on my true nature, which is consciousness. That's the changeless self that I am. That's Shoham, the Shiva I am. Or Ham Brahma, Brahma I am. Yom Sada Atmanam Yunjan. Thus, all the time, making the mind think in this manner. See this fact. Making the mind see this fact. That consciousness is my nature. This body-mind complex actually is limited by me. I am the eliminator. And therefore, I am not the body. I am the witness of the body of the mind. I am witness of all the thoughts. Yavam Yunjan. Thus, all the time, bringing the mind back to the reality of the self. Sada Atman Yunjan. And thus, all the time, meditating in this manner, with the help of the mind, or me focusing the mind upon the true nature of the self. Niyatamanasaha. The yogi who is Niyatamanasaha. One whose mind has been mastered. What is meant by mind being mastered is that now mind naturally abides in the self. You see, mind is always in the self. Mind is never away from the self. An ornament is never away from gold. A wave is never away from water. And so also the mind is never away from the self. The only thing that creates a distance between ornament and gold is ornament thinking that I am this name and form. It is only the thought or perception that creates the distance. There is no distance. And so also with the ego and the self, what's the distance? Ego all the time thinking of itself as a name and form, as a limited entity. And that is what creates a source of so-called distance. Otherwise, there's no distance. Because the true nature of ego is the individual consciousness. <coughs> and this Again and again, what is required here is, what is done here is, that the habit of the mind, to give reality to one's limited, it has become a habit. That I am a limited being. On account of identifying with this body of the mind. And therefore, the idea of limitation has become a habit. To look upon myself as a limited entity. Here we will bring the, change the habit completely. By bringing the mind again and again to its true nature. Hey, you are not a limited entity. 
That's why Vivekananda used to say, <coughs> I'm not the body having consciousness, I'm the consciousness having a body. I'm not the body having consciousness, I'm consciousness having a body. I'm not the mind having consciousness, I'm consciousness having a mind. And therefore, the body is a dwelling place. The mind is the instrument with which do things. The sense organs are also an instrument. Fine. I'm not that. I have no enmity with them. I have no problem with them. I'm not opposed to them. I love them. I love the body. I love my mind. It's fine. At the same time, I'm not confined to them. <coughs> so thus, again and again, making the mind see the truth of itself. <coughs> and God knows how long one has to do that. <coughs> Therefore, sada atma, sada all the time. As Ayurveda says, older the disease, longer the treatment. Swamiji, I think this disease has last 25 years. For at least 25 weeks, you must take this medication. <coughs> so this disease of taking the body to be myself, or the disease always to look upon myself as a small, insignificant being, is so, so old, age old. It will take some time to overcome that habit. Near the when that habit is completely gone, and when I abide in the knowledge that the Shiva, Shiva Brahman I am, consciousness I am, when that becomes an effortless thing, an abiding knowledge. Shantim Nirvana Paramam Matsamstam Adhigachati. The Lord Krishna says, this aspirant Adhigachati attains Shantim, he attains peace. Well, peace not only is a state of mind, which we can gain, which is also fine, but the peace that is achieved as little of some effort, stays as long as the effort is, and then again the peace goes away. <coughs> but here, the peace is with myself. As I said, the fight also is always with myself. Every time I, I, say, I say to myself, I am a limited being, and I fight with myself. The very thought that I am limited is, it just creates in me, I have an allergy with that. I revolt to that idea. And every time the mind comes to the idea, I am limited, there is a resistance. So, associated with the thought of limitedness, is resistance, is fighting, is ashanti, is agitation. That is, a, that is the original source of all disturbance or agitation. Is what? My notion that I am a limited being. <coughs> that I am ignorant, that I am mortal, that I am limited, that I am helpless, that I am dependent, that I am significant, that I don't count, I'm nothing, whatever. I mean, you know, in different ways people think about themselves. Each one of these thoughts only represents the limitedness of the self, 
And right there is Ashanti, is the disturbance or distraction or agitation, opposite of peace. Now, Shanti that we get, the peace that we get, by different efforts, which is okay. By music you may get, by yoga asanas you may get, by pranayama you may get, by prayers you may get, which is all fine. But then, it is not everlasting peace because the very source of disturbance, namely unlimited, that continues there, you know. None of those practices will be able to displace the idea that I am limited. And therefore, the cause of disturbance remains. And therefore, it's not abiding peace. Nirvana Paramam Shantim, this abiding peace, is when I make peace with myself. When I accept myself totally. And I cannot make believe my mind and come on accept it. That won't work. Mind must find the self acceptable. The only way it will find itself acceptable is when it sees that I am free from every limitation. <clears throat> Which is a fact. So, when the mind sees this, will abide. To the extent that it sees, to that extent it gains the peace. When it abides in this knowledge, it gains lasting peace. Nirvana paramam. Nirvana means moksha, which is the cessation of all conflict. As I said, basically, I have conflict with myself. I have problem with myself, arising from ignorance. Therefore, nirvana paramam, the peace that culminates, paramam, that culminates with nirvana, culminates with the moksha, culminates with total freedom. That peace characterized by total freedom from a cessation of all sorrow, cessation of all conflict. Mat samstham, Lord Krishna says, which is nothing but my nature, which is centered on me, which is my nature, adhigachyadi, this is what the yogi or the aspirant achieves. <coughs> he achieves peace, which is cessation of all sorrow, cessation of all the conflict cessation of all the inner discomfort. And that's all that is required. Other than this, Ashanti doesn't matter. If there is noise around, there is no problem. The noise can be in terms of people making noises, people making sounds, people even insulting me, people, any kind of thing. That noise does not matter as long as there is peace within myself. As long as there is a total acceptance of myself, total comfort with myself, having discovered the true nature of myself, then nothing else matters. Nothing whatever can ever make me unhappy at all because nothing makes me unhappy anyway. The only thing that makes me unhappy at any time is the, my perception that I am a limited being. In what the world does it, it does it. It keeps on pushing that button and makes me, reminds me all the time of my helplessness or limitedness. When I discover and become my knowledge that that is that's not the case, then it doesn't matter how much Ashanti is around. It is not necessary that the mind should not be thinking also. A wise person doesn't mind, let the mind think. 
except that mind has become free from all conflict. Mind is totally at peace with itself. So all the thoughts also now originate from peace. They're all going to be, all the thoughts which are nothing but originating of peace or, 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 or fullness, and so those thoughts only are going to be a blessing, anything else. So his heart will always say, Sarvay Bhavantu Sukhinaha, let everybody be happy. Sarvay Shant, Santu Nirama, let everybody be healthy. Much samsamadigachati. This is called moksha. Moksha can be described as avoiding peace. And here Lord Krishna is the word Shanti. Instead of Ananda, because we should know that this abiding peace is what Vedanta means by word Ananda. It's not happiness that comes in spurs or some kind of an excitement or some kind of an ecstasy which is short-lived. It is abiding peace is abiding ananda. The Shanta rasa is the ultimate rasa. <coughs> so 15th verse described the results of this kind of meditation. Now, interestingly enough, in 16th and 17th verses, Lord Krishna tells us also some rules that we should follow in our day-to-day life in order for meditation to become effective. Lord Krishna says that our life also should be compatible to what it is that we are meditating upon. Meditation should not be an isolated event. It should be, the life also should be meditative. Life, there should be what Lord Krishna says, alertness or vigilance in life. And that's what Lord Krishna says in the next two verses. So let's see the verse 16. Natyashnatastu yogosti Natyashnatastu Nachati Swapna Shilasya Jagrato Neva Charjuna Nati Ashnataha to Yoga Hasti. Lord Krishna says Yoga or the ability to concentrate one's mind. The ability to meditate cannot be on the part of one who eats too much. Ati yashnataha. One who eats excessively, that person cannot enjoy a frame of mind with which he can meditate. Nach ekandam anashnataha. Nor is meditation possible for a person who does not eat at all. So one who eats too much, so when you eat too much, there is always problem with digestion. Eating too much food brings about tamas, number one. It makes the mind dull. Because when we eat, naturally energy is required to digest the food and energy of blood circulation is not available to the brain. And there is a common experience that after having a, 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 a sumptuous meal that a person feels sleepy. So when the food, too much eat, eating too much food, makes a person dull, mind, makes the mind dull, makes the mind sleepy. At the same time there are problems with digestion also. When the food is not digested properly, then also the stomach is not at ease 
and that also disturbs the mind. Therefore, eating food in excess is, it doesn't help, it hurts me. Eating too much is hurtful to the body. And through that, it is also a disturbance to the mind. All right. How about the other person who does not eat anything at all? Nacha, nacha ekanda manasnataha. A person who does not eat at all, that person also cannot enjoy a mind which is required for meditation. Because in the body does not get the necessary nourishment and therefore it becomes weak, then also my fellow feels sleepy. So when you are hungry or weak, then also you feel sleepy. And when there is too much food, then also you feel sleepy. Therefore, Lord Krishna avoided extremes. Avoid eating too much, avoid eating too little. That is the general instruction with reference to ahara, with reference to food. Also yoga or meditation cannot be for persons who sleeps too much. Jagrato Nevacharjana, nor can it be for a person who always keeps awake, who doesn't sleep. Sleep is required for the mind to get rest. Therefore, if there is no sleep, then also mind does not get rest, and that mind will feel sleepy while meditating. Therefore, one of the obstacles to meditation is lack of rest or lack of rest. And that's the reason why very often when we are meditating, we fall asleep. Because meditation creates a very a condition which is conducive for sleeping as well. Because you make your mind quiet by observing your breathing, by doing some japa, and then the mind becomes quiet, relaxed. When the mind becomes relaxed, if it did not have adequate rest, then relaxed mind will go into tamas. Meaning that we'll fall asleep. If too much food is there, then also mind will fall asleep. <clears throat> if too little food is there, meaning the body is weak or the mind also is weak, therefore it'll fall asleep. If too much sleep is there, then sleeping becomes the nature of the mind, then anytime it becomes relaxed, it falls asleep. So then also it'll fall asleep. If too little sleep is there because it did not get it, then also it'll fall asleep. All these are difficulties, all the obstacles to concentrating the mind. Therefore, Lord Krishna says that, may you be, may you, you know, not sleep too much, not sleep too little. Don't think that sleeping too much will help you in meditation. Don't think that not sleeping will help you in meditation. Don't think that eating too much will not will help you in meditation. Don't think that not eating at all will help you in meditation. Don't think walking too much will help you, or not walking at all will help you. Avoid the extremes. Then what should you do? Next verse says that, Yukta Haraviharasya Yukta Cheshtasya Karmasu Yukta Swapnava Bodhasya 
योगो भवति युक्त आहार विहार से युक्त मीन्स वन इज अलर्ट वन इज विजिलेंट ये ट्रांसलेशन इज वन इज मॉडरेट युक्त वन ऑब्जर्व सेंस प्रपोर्शन आहार इन इन फूड इन ईटिंग ए पर्सन हु ऑब्जर्व सेंस ऑफ प्रपोर्शन मीनिंग वन हु इज मॉडरेट इन ईटिंग विहार इन मूवमेंट वन who is vigilant or moderate in movement also vihara means walking so walking also is required but too much walking is also no good too little walking also is not good too much walking the body gets tired too little walking body doesn't get exercise at all and therefore moderation in movements and walking as i said too much food and too little food either way both of them are not good too much food hurts too little food does not protect <clears throat> does not nourish therefore moderation in food <clears throat> both in what we eat in what we eat when we eat and how much we eat <clears throat> what we eat also is important not only quantity but what we eat we should know the disposition of our mind our disposition or the nature of our body we should know what kind of food suits the body what kind of food does not suit that ayurveda can help us very well whether our our disposition is is uh, predominant pitta or vata or kapha or what is our our disposition in accordingly we should know what kind of food will suit me otherwise eating too many potato and stuff like that lavata eating all kind of tamarind and sour thing pitta and too much of buttermilk or yogurt kapha so we should know i mean moderation in everything is fine but otherwise keep on drinking buttermilk all whole day you know keep on eating fruits whole day maybe that may or may not suit you <clears throat> so sour things do not suit some people yogurt does not suit some people Uh, the food characters of vile all the pulses and things like that may or may not suit everybody so we should know what suits me what suits my body so there is a balance of this doshas or the humors kapha vata and pitta so accordingly what we eat also becomes important and as lord krishna says in the, in the uh, 17th chapter of gita Well, food should be sattvic food, not rajas, not tamas. Too spicy, too sour, too salty, too hot. All of this is rajas. Leftover food, stale food, is all tamas. Avoid those things. As best possible, eat fresh food, warm food, moderate in spices. and so easy to eat and easy to digest <coughs> so sattvic food as much as possible in moderation at appropriate time in quantities in in the, in the nature of food also is such that it suits my body <coughs> so food is very important because 
food has not only effect on the body, it also has effect on the mind. So Chandogya Upanishad says that the food that we eat gets divided into three, three uh, aspects. One is the grossest aspect of the food that gets rejected, the medium aspect of the food that becomes converted to flesh, and the subtle aspect of the food becomes, becomes in nourishing to the mind, nourishes the mind. Therefore, food becomes very important. As I say, you are what you eat, and therefore, it's important what we eat. And therefore, being vigilant about food, being moderate about food, <coughs> yukta ahara viharasya, in movement also, yukta chestas chikarmasu, one is moderate again, or alert, or vigilant with reference to his effort in various actions that we perform. So let there be alertness or vigilance with reference to the various things that I do. Let me be alert when I am talking, in movements of hands, movement of legs, in our words, in all of them, let there be an alertness. I cannot expect to be alert at the time of meditation when I am not alert during the rest of the day, you know. And therefore, we must cultivate alertness of vigilance. Moderation as well as vigilance. I should be aware of what I am talking, aware of what my hands are doing, what my legs are doing, what my eyes are doing. And therefore, let there be a, a, a sort of self-control over organs of perception, that the organs of perception do what I want them to do, and as much as I want them to do. So watching TV, moderation. Reading newspaper, moderation. Making phone calls, moderation. Internet, moderation. Whatever. Everywhere, moderation. <clears throat> because if you are not alert, the mind being what it is, it will get attached to that, get addicted to that, and then it becomes very difficult to pull it back from there. And therefore, vigilance or alertness everywhere. Mind does require recreation, give it. Does require some entertainment, fine. But not too much entertainment and no, no entertainment, also no entertainment at all also may not be good. Some recreation may be okay, also in moderation. <coughs> Alertness with reference to all the activities that I perform. So there is no waste of movement, there is no unnecessary word, no unnecessary gesture, no unnecessary thing. Thus, a person is together. He is an organized person, a disciplined person. Yukta cheshtasya karmasu, yukta svapnavabhodasya. Moderation again, with reference to sleep and keeping awake. Not sleeping too much, not sleeping too little. But Swamiji, what is, how many hours should I sleep? How much should I eat? That everybody should decide for themselves, really. I mean, some, for somebody, maybe two chapatis are okay. That is moderation for him. For somebody it may be five chapatis, okay. For somebody it may be one chapati also. And there is no rule. In fact, Yoga Shastra says, it is said in fact, Puroed Ashane Nardam, fill up your stomach, half of the stomach with solid food. Trutiyam Udakenava, one fourth of the stomach should be filled with what liquids. 
Vayahu Sanchanarthaya Chatursam Avasheshayet and leave one full stomach empty for the movement of air. Because oxygen is required, understand that the food is digested by the digestive fire. And fire always requires oxygen for it to function. So if you fill up the whole stomach, then poor digestive fire gets no air at all because there is no room in the stomach. As Lord Krishna says, Prana Pana Samayukta Pachamyannam Chaturvidham. I reside as the digestive fire in the stomachs of all living beings and digest the food with the help of prana and apana. The incoming breath and outgoing breath. So incoming breath brings oxygen with the fire here uses and sends out the carbon dioxide, you know, after the combustion. So combustion takes place in the stomach. For that you require air because that is, that's where the oxygen is. If you don't leave any room for movement of air, digestion becomes difficult. So it says, leave one-fourth of your stomach empty for the movement of air. So now we can decide. Swamiji, but what is ha- how do I know what is half-full stomach? Well, eat well. Then you know that your stomach is full. Then now, eat half of that, that's all. <coughs> In sleep also, one can reduce as much as possible, but I mean, you should not feel deprived of, deprived of rest, but otherwise, if you are sleeping eight hours a day, try seven and a half hours. If it works out, try seven hours. If that works, try six and a half hours. If that works, try six hours. That works, try five and a half hours. That works, try five hours. Ideally, they say that the whole night should be divided into three uh, sections. The first and the last section, once you be awake, the middle section, four hours, you should sleep. So from evening six to morning six is a night. Then you fall, you go to sleep at ten o'clock at night and wake up at two o'clock. That's what it means, you know, the middle one. <clears throat> but anyway, usually they say that you should wake up at the dawn. That is called Brahma Muhurta. And so we should be there to welcome the sun. Not Surya Vamsi. You know Surya Vamsi means people who wake up after the sun comes. That's not right. We should be there to welcome the sun. <coughs> and therefore waking up early in the morning also is, is, is good. When should you perform meditation? That's the best time. When your mind is rested because of sleep. And do this meditation after taking bath. You know, that's the best because then the body also is fresh, mind also is fresh. <coughs> Yukta Sukna Vodasya, one is moderate with reference to sleep as well as keeping awake. Yoga Bhati Dukkaha. For such a person, meditation becomes destroyer of sorrow. Then the meditation will bring the knowledge, will bring that peace which will destroy the sorrow. Meditation results into that peace which destroys us all. In short, for us to be able to perform meditation, this kind of lifestyle also has an important role. <coughs> okay. Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vashishyade Om Shanti